This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, cloudy, chance of showers, high near 74. Showers tonight, possibly a thunderstorm, lower on 56. Showers Saturday, high near 63. Partly sunny Sunday, chance of showers, high near 57. Hotels and motels in Broome County are being told not to make any deals to house homeless people from New York City. County Executive Jason Garner issued an emergency emergency order in response to the announcement by New York City Mayor Eric Adams that housing vouchers can be used elsewhere in the state. The move is aimed at freeing up more space for the city to handle the thousands of migrants who have arrived from southern states. Garner told WNBF News that New York City vouchers provide far more money to people than the level of assistance available to individuals in Broome County. The county executive said if the vouchers were accepted here, it would price everybody out of rental properties locally and it would just cause havoc here. Garner said county officials learned that someone from New York City was visiting various hotels on Wednesday looking to rent out hundreds of rooms for up to three years. Hotel operators said the man indicated he was making arrangements to house migrants and homeless people from the city. Garner said the sheriff's office was alerted to the situation and the person was advised the effort would not be legal in Broome County. A check of several hotel and motels along the Front Street Corridor in the town of Dickinson and Shenango Thursday afternoon revealed a sheriff's deputy had provided them a copy of the new emergency order. Four months after a popular Endicott bakery produced its last loaf of Italian bread, the place is being prepared for an auction and sale. Felix Roma and Sons Bakery on South Page Avenue shut off its ovens at the end of May. The business, which started on the village's north side, had been in operation for eight decades. At the time, company representatives said little about the decision to shut down the bakery. A longtime Felix Roma employee told a reporter on Thursday that preparations were underway for an upcoming auction. An online listing posted last May indicated the site was being offered for sale with an asking price of $1.1 million. The listing noted the property included three acres of land and parking. The site is also in Endicott's Municipal Electric District, which offers slower rates for power. The Felix Roma Bakery built at South Page Avenue Production Facility in 1969. The operation was expanded three years later due to increased demand for the company's products. On October 4th, Delaware County Sheriff's deputies received a complaint of a group of students from Walton High School receiving a threat to bomb the school and harm other students over a social media app. Deputies responded to Walton and interviewed multiple students, and as a result of the investigation, determined it was a threat that was made after school hours and that an 18-year-old juvenile Walton High School student made the threats to bomb the school and harm other students that received the message. The student was arrested and charged with making a terroristic threat, a Class D felony, and was held at the Delaware County Correctional Facility to await centralized arraignment court. A man who wounded 10 people in a rush hour subway shooting in New York City last year has been sentenced to life in prison. Frank James was sentenced on Thursday. He pleaded guilty to terrorism charges earlier this year for the April 2022 mass shooting. 
His attorneys requested a reduced sentence of 18 years, pointing to the lack of fatalities as evidence James didn't intend to kill anyone. Federal prosecutors say James spent years carefully planning the subway shooting in order to inflict, inflict maximum damage at the height of rush hour. They said the fact that no one was killed was miraculous. Before the shooting, James posted dozens of videos online under the moniker Prophet of Doom. The father of a toddler who authorities say died of fentanyl poisoning at a New York City daycare center said he had hoped to have a photo of his son's kindergarten graduation in four years. Antonio Feliz cried as he held up a photo of his son, Nicholas, who died after he and three other young children were sickened at their Bronx daycare center. District Attorney Darcel Clark says uh, Gree Mendez, Felix Herrera Garcia, and Carlisto Brito were arraigned on charges including murder on Thursday. An attorney for Mendez says she is not guilty. Messages seeking comment were left with attorneys for the other two defendants. Democrats who control Pennsylvania's House of Representatives are making another attempt to send hundreds of millions of dollars to four Pennsylvania universities and get around a partisan dispute that has stalled the money from passing. The funding was part of a flurry of tying up loose ends for the state's $45 billion budget, which has dragged three months into the fiscal year without all of the elements of the spending plan in place. The bills now go on to the state Senate. The House adjourned after a busy week, and both chambers are scheduled to return to session on October 16th. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. News October 6th, 2023. Good morning. Welcome to the program. We're taking calls at Entertainment, plus some other stuff, too. Between now and noon, so buckle up, buttercup. Let's see what's uh, happening in the wide world of sports. As reported live here on WNBF Thursday morning, when we were speaking with the Broome County Executive Jason Garner, a new executive order has been issued and it's being distributed to local hotels and motels 
The gist of it is they're being advised don't make any deals to house homeless people from New York City, even though the money is enticing. Don't. Don't. And this is in response to the New York City mayor who um, has said the housing vouchers that are being issued there can be used elsewhere in the state, including in Broome County. Jason Garner said the New York City vouchers do provide far more money to people than the level of assistance available to individuals in Broome County. He said if the vouchers were accepted here, in his words, it would price everybody out of rental properties. He said it would cause havoc across our county. Garner said it was learned that on Wednesday someone from New York City, some guy, was visiting various hotels looking to rent out hundreds of rooms for up to three years, maybe longer. Hotel operators said the guy indicated he was making arrangements to house migrants and homeless people from the city. Garner said the sheriff's office was alerted. The person was advised that the effort would not be legal in Broome County. And so apparently no arrangements have been made at this point to house any of New York City's residents here in Bloom County. So, apparently. Now, I thought it would be useful just to do a spot check. Stop by some hotels and motels along the Front Street corridor in the towns of Dickinson and Shenango. And had some good conversations with people at the various entities and they had just a short time earlier received copies of the emergency order they were being distributed apparently by a sheriff's deputy so each person i spoke with said they uh, they understood the point and uh one person said well we wouldn't do that anyway um paraphrasing what he said it would be just too much trouble. And again, paraphrasing, it's not not really an interview. It's just a brief conversation. So I did my spot check. Um, he said it was just not worth it for us to possibly do that, even though, if you think about it, if some of these places could be assured of $1,000 a month per room... For three years or five years, well, I think as Jason Garner said, do the math. So if you were running a place and your only motivation was money, it could be tempting. So I could see where people potentially would be at first blush inclined to say, well, sure, sure, we have a 100 rooms. Where do I sign? You lock in a 100 rooms for $1,000 a month for the next five years, I could see where people would find that uh, intriguing, to say the least. So anyway, that's if a little bit more information on that at WNBF.com. Also, the interview, the portion of our conversation with Jason Garner, in case you didn't hear it on Thursday morning, that's at WNBF.com. It's 916 News Radio, WNBF serving the masses 
from a beautiful studio in downtown Binghamton. Hmm. Just perusing Times Union website. It's the Albany newspaper, which is, uh, they haven't decommissioned their newsroom. Larry Rulison for the Times Union reports that uh, plans for Canna Johari cannabis growing site are advancing. Canna Johari. As soon as I saw Canna Johari, I knew they were talking about the old Beechnut site. Beechnut used to have an operation in Canna Johari. Not sure what they made, if it was gum or lifesavers or something. Anyway, hasn't been in use for a long time. I think all of the candy or gum production that used to be done there was probably shifted to Mexico or some other country or Canada, probably Mexico. Cheaper labor costs and cheaper sugar costs. So anyway, they're talking about a $15 million indoor cannabis growing facility at the former Beechnut plant. And so the group behind that is moving forward. E29 Labs stands for Exit 29 off the throughway. So they want to grow cannabis. Oh, says it was a baby food factory. I stand corrected. I thought, I thought Beach Nut was making gum and lifesavers, but apparently baby food. So go from baby food to cannabis. Catch people. In all stages of their life. Yes, you ate baby food that was made here. Now, in your final years of life on this planet, you can enjoy cannabis grown here. Oh, I'm, I stand corrected. According to this, the baby food factory closed in 2010 when they moved into a new facility 20 miles away in the town of Florida. Okay, well, I thought they probably just moved out of state, but all right. Stand corrected. Says this indoor grow facility would employ 110 people. The company says it plans to invest $15 million to build the facility on the eastern portion of the Beach Nut site. Well... I'm always intrigued by these development plans, whether it's cannabis or hemp or lithium-ion batteries or solar panels or whatever. You know, people talk. <laughs> people have good plans. I can come up with good plans. I, if you want a redevelopment plan for any site in Broome or Tioga County, give me a million dollars, and in 30 days, I will provide a plan. But that's as far as it'll go. And unfortunately, with a lot of these pie-in-the-sky plans, we hear all sorts of enthusiastic predictions. And I know I dwell on it too much, but still, the Savin Copier plant at 33 Lewis Road, well, that crashed and burned. It took a few years, but ultimately, the Savin Color Copier plant never came close to employing 2,000 people or more, as was promised by Hugh Carey. And then we could come up with a list. America's top 40 
No, Broome County's top 40 economic development disappointments of the last 50 years. Whether it's Savin or the the time that uh, somebody was going to redevelop the Link site, turned into Lincoln Park. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Andrew Cuomo was there touting hundreds, I think several hundreds of jobs at Lincoln Park. Excuse me, Link Park. And that never came to fruition. Fortunately, FedEx eventually came in years later, bought the site, and now they do have a FedEx facility there. Never heard exactly how many millions of dollars it cost, but it cost a lot of money to build the new FedEx facility there where Link was. So sometimes things get done, but a lot of times when things get done, it happens without much help, sometimes without any help from the government. So too often we hear government officials sounding extremely excited about a new project and then six months, a year, five years later, you hear nothing else. It, the idea just ends with a whimper with no acknowledgement. It's 921. Let's take a call. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is your good friend and buddy and uh, community activist, John from Binghamton. I just stopped by a battery plant, the IM3 New York plants in the village of Endicott. I was just there about uh, 45 minutes ago, and few people were sauntering in to clock in for Friday morning, so there are people who are actually working there, John. Well... Sad news, and, and people know that I've been on this issue. I've spoken out. Oh, this issue. is the Australian connection. Yes, this is this is um, Magnus Energy, and I know you'll fill in some of the details here. We'll just say as we wrap up this week, the first week of October, it's not not looking all that promising with the the company that I I believe Magnus Energy has a sixty percent interest. Don't they own sixty percent of the? Uh -huh. Over seventy. Oh my goodness! So what? Yeah. What's the latest? What are you seeing? What are you seeing from the land down under? Well, uh, October five, Financial Review, an Australian business uh, story. Uh, Ellie Fowler is the reporter. Uh, the headline says it all: Magnus Energy in limbo after auditor queries solvency. Magnus Energy. To those that don't know, you mentioned it. They own 70% of IM3, this linchpin to the so-called battery hub. Uh, they are a penny stock, a mining company. That was their origin. And then they made this uh, shift to go into battery production. They floated a plant in Australia, which uh, met a quick and decisive end after... Uh, the uh, governmental officials began questioning all the chicanery that was going on and the investigations. But to say that Magnus Energy was uh, is under a cloud uh, is uh, uh, minimizing it. But the interesting thing is is that the figures uh, 
that Magnus Energy put forth in its public concerning IM3 New York is that it would have $80 million in revenue in 2022 and $380 million in 2023, of which there's only a few months left. Now, the question is, where was Magnus Energy getting these figures from? Were they just making it up? Or were these figures coming from IM3 New York, which would put IM3 New York, I believe, in a spot of bother because, you know, you, you just you, – and, and furthermore, did IM3 New York, if they supplied these projections to their parent company, uh, did they put these numbers down on government grant and loan applications? Because if they did – uh, there is heavy duty explaining to do, and Chuck Schumer. See, uh, I guess next week they're going to appoint an executive director of this battery hub. Uh, this is going to be another bureaucrat. Like we don't have enough bureaucrats, so there's going to be a battery czar up there. Who it will be, I don't know. It'll I was just going to ask. Do you have a sense? By the way, I'm busy next Tuesday, and I won't be available for the program the rest of. Wouldn't it be funny? And not in a good way. Yes, batteries are Bob Joseph. And then under questioning from journalists, they say, well, Mr. Joseph, obviously you're a known quantity as a journalist locally. But what exactly do you know about producing lithium-ion batteries? And be like, well, look, there's one in my phone. So, but, but let's hope. Let's hope the person who is chosen for the big announcement next week, let's hope that it's someone who is in a position to get this thing moving forward. Because well, I'm, I'm looking, here is what they say, and when I say they, this is the Magnus Energy website. It says Imperium 3 New York, via, and according to the website right now, and maybe it hasn't been updated, uh, they claim that uh, Magnus had 61%. And you, you say that the stake now is closer to 70%? I think, think so, yeah. All right. Anyway, 61%, whatever. says, uh, Imperium 3 New York operates a world-class lithium-ion battery plant in Endicott, New York. IM3 New York has commenced commercial production of lithium-ion batteries in August 2022, so that was more than a year ago, and accelerating its ramp-up plans to produce 15,000 cells a day up to an annual production rate of 1.8 gigawatt hours with several binding offtakes already secured. And today, Magnus Energy, uh, on their Twitter X page, uh, posted this. IM3 New York expected to receive a U.S. $2 million grant. Sales commence GTI collaboration, whatever that means. Uh, keep in mind that Nobel Prize winner, co-Nobel Prize winner Stanley Whittingham has 500,000 shares of Magnus Energy. So, uh, see, and, and the reason that I began to question this, when everybody says they've got a new technology, whether it be Theranos or whatever, you know, you've got to question why uh, other smarter people aren't beating a path to their door or uh, why uh, they're out there all alone. For example, uh, battery production, lithium battery production, uh, may be a great business. But the, the, the question is, 
why haven't we attracted what other states that are going into this business have, have attracted, which is major Korean and Japanese trading companies, and, and you know their names. One of them was associated with VHS. But these are gigantic companies that are hugely successful and have a track record. Now, if they're going into a state with a billion-dollar battery plant, that says something. At least the public says, well, you know, uh, this may be a, 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 a boondoggle. It may uh, not do what it's supposed to do, but at least there's a big name uh, behind it. The fact of the matter is this is not – this is big money uh, going into a complete speculation. But I, I wrote Schumer a letter. Uh, I, I hope he responds. I don't know if he'll respond. He, he doesn't – they don't answer their phone over there. But this is – this is outrageous uh, to me uh, that there's no explanation. And keep in mind, Bob, you know, without uh, – with a little self-promotion here, you know, I've prevailed successfully against board of directors, I don't know, 30, 40 cases. Uh, the legal fees <laughs> that I've been awarded or that my attorneys have been are enormous. So it's not like, you know, I don't have a track record – of spotting waste, fraud, and abuse on the corporate side. So I, I, there are certain tells, and uh, I, I think that you, you Preddy is a charming man. I think he's a, a nice fella. Well, I've enjoyed speaking with him. I've enjoyed speaking with Professor Whittingham. They've both been here in the studio, and I've enjoyed our conversations. And although I'm no expert, I, I believe both of them to be uh, a very – intelligent certainly they're extremely accomplished in their field but i am like you and some other people i am concerned about this operation going forward and and maybe maybe in the fullness of time as senator aldamato might say if he were here in the fullness of time some of these concerns may maybe well, you know ultimately proven to well you know growing pains from what turns out to be uh, the next IBM the IBM of the 21st century well yeah but you know the, about 3 weeks ago i pointed a camera at Harvey Stanger and i asked him some questions and he refused to answer and in light of this new announcement by Magnus Energy their annual report if you will uh and the the subsequent keep in mind that they have suspended trading in the stock. The stock is now illiquid. You can't cash out of that stock. So that is a concern because there's a, I don't know, $45 million valuation, $40 million on the entire Magnus Energy, which includes 60 70% of IM3. But I asked uh, 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 Professor President Stanger, uh, about this, and uh, he uh, just walked away like he was uh, a mafioso, you know. So well, on, on the other hand, I, I'm not surprised he didn't want to answer those direct well, questions. That's you know, that's no surprise unless well, unless well, things were were poised to to start humming along and 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 major. Announcements with major well-known companies were were going to be announced. I mean, if I'll tell you this, it, it would get my attention if Elon Musk shows up on Tuesday in Endicott. Well, even that. Uh, yeah, and I'm not saying that necessarily was would be a good thing. I'm saying it would get get my attention. I mean, at least it would take his his uh, mind off wrecking Twitter for 
for a couple of hours if he were in Endicott for, you know, giving moral support to our our battery project. Well, it's interesting that Magnus announced uh, maybe six months ago an agreement with Tesla. But the, the problem there is that it ha- and it's a, 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 an agreement for raw materials out of one of their mines. But the, even that has uh, uh, high benchmarks uh, that uh, before any payment uh, is made. So, look. Oh, that was I'm, the graphite agreement? Y- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. So all I'm saying is this. <laughs> when you have uh, regulators shutting down trading in a stock that's publicly traded, when you have these reports uh, that, uh, you know, uh, have these numbers, uh, you know, that seem to be fictional based on, oh, and by the way, I did file a freedom of information request with Endicott Light in power to get their bills, IM3's bills and usage. We'll find out two things from that. We'll find out if they've got a sweeter than sweetheart deal, and we'll find out how much electricity they're using because you're, if if the if the electricity uh, is uh, not up there, uh, then they're not making the amount of product <laughs> that they say they are. So we'll see. You don't make nothing uh, without electricity, and the more you make, the more electricity you use. So we'll we'll see uh, that one uh, shortly. All right. Stay tuned. More to come. As we look forward to hearing additional information about the massive project that's been promised for Endicott. More calls coming up. I'm Bob Joseph on a Friday morning. 607-772-1290 is our number on Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. Vegemite sandwich. Oh yeah. Vegemite with my Malamars. Oh yeah. <laughs> Back to the phones we go. Nick in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. I'm on the air and. You know, I like to think about common sense. Are these batteries supposed to charge by themselves? No, batteries, most batteries, most batteries in 2023, in 2024, will not charge by themselves. Correct. Yeah, I know that. So where are we going to get all this electricity to charge them? From NYSEG, thanks to their new smart meter program. Oh yeah, and that's supposed to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. They they haven't told us that. That's the secret behind their smart meter program, because the meters will be so smart, will have extra power available to charge all those batteries that are made in Endicott. 
Exactly. <laughs> I hear you on there. And that's where I'm going to come back with uh, hydroelectric again and natural gas. Uh, there are cheaper ways of uh, uh, really producing electricity. And my gas furnace runs at 99% efficient. So, you know, that's pretty good uh, as far as, you know, scientifically thinking about our, you know, our environment. True. And... Uh, and, and I like to see that gouting station turn into a hydroelectric. Really yeah. The water that came out of that thing. Oh my gosh. Well, the it's problem, really the problem right now with the legendary and I, I believe nearly century old gouty station Westover is it's, it's just damaged beyond, uh, repair. So yeah. the, the biggest thing there and every, every time that I drive by with someone, they say, when are they going to knock that down? I said, A, Who's they? And B, why would they? It's as far as I can tell, it's it's gonna outlive it's gonna outlive all of us. There's no there's no money to tear it down. Yeah, should it be torn down? Yeah. But hey, the the people who own the the site have no interest now in tearing it down. They don't have the money to pay for um, who, who knows how many millions of dollars it would take to tear that down. So it's there. Yeah, well, en- know, enjoy the scenery. We we ought to turn it into some sort of twisted theme park, the Gaudi World or something, and and bring back Reddy Kilowatt and his family. That's a good analogy. Yep. But uh, it, it's still not going to solve our problem. And, uh, no, no. And uh, here's the thing, Nick. This this country, even this community, has enough brain power to come up with smart. Pardon the expression, smart energy solutions to get us moving in the right direction. I'm just not, I'm not under the impression there's a political will to come up with smart solutions that would include all options. Yeah, well, we got all these professors up there at uh, the college. I'm sure if they put a little of their knowledge to uh, hydroelectric on our river uh, next to their plant, they'll, they'll be uh, ball, hitting the ballpark, you know, yeah. the ballpark there. Appreciate your call. You know, put down the red cup. And uh, come up with an award-winning energy solution. That's what I would say. Mike and Binghamton, you're on the air. Yeah, Bob, I, I got a question on, 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 on how people should treat us. Customers. I just went to the number one store, uh, Wegmans, over there a half hour ago. I bought three mini apples, which I buy every week, every month, every year, 30 cents a piece. Uh, I go to the cashier. She's charging, and it's listed at one ninety nine a pound on the uh, where it's located in the uh, – uh, the produce department. She said uh, that'll be six bucks. I said, "Are you crazy?" And she said, "Well, then you don't want them." I said, "So I, I so I, I, I take them. So I go take them back after I pay, and then I go back to the uh, look at again, Bob. Then I go up to the uh, front, uh, the front guy, and he goes, uh, "It's it's uh, it's uh, one ninety nine a pound, and three. These are mini apples, Bob. So you know, there's not even a half a pound between the three of them. So I go up there. He said six bucks, Mike. I said, "Are you crazy?" So instead of getting mad, I go to the produce guy. He prints the receipt up, 125 And I take it up to the that guy was very callous, the, the guy at Wegman, right in the front there. Uh, he said, okay, Mike, at one twenty. do you know I didn't even get an apology for being overcharged 500% for yeah. an item that I've never had a problem with for five years? Bob. Well, then maybe it was just entered in the system wrong. As far as apologies, well, I... I concur that an apology would be nice, but again, I I don't know the circumstances of everybody involved. Maybe maybe they're having a tough day. I don't know. I I um, I sympathize with people who are um, uh, in public facing positions uh, because I 
I personally know that sometimes it can be challenging to deal with people. So I, in this particular case, I'll apologize on behalf of the organization that you had a bad experience. I will say, and I am not, trust me, I'm, I'm not paid by the Wegmans, um, organization. I'll just say my, typically and almost always my experience at that place is, is, um, much, much better than many other places in the same in the same um, category. So, thing I'm bringing up, Bob. Bob, I bought it. I bought these items every week. Yeah, I'm just saying. But my guess is, remember, the person at the front end has no idea. There, there now are, I believe, about fifty-five thousand items in the store. So, the person at the front end, if it rings up six dollars or sixty dollars, that person doesn't know for sure, and then ultimately. It does have to be handled by some sort of supervisor, and but bottom line is ultimately you got it for what you believe to be the correct price. No, no, no. Point I'm making, Bob. After I, I don't. You don't think when you be treated over 500 percent by two different individuals on the richest store in Broome County, you should get an apology as a 79 year old veteran? Hey, I already basically explained. Yeah, an apology would be nice, and I understand, and I don't care who it is. Uh, any shopper, yeah, should be. If if there was a mistake made, I think the the usual policy is to apologize. So that's uh, again, you know, these are real people. At some point, at some point, Mike, and you you can see it already with the number of self checkouts at that store. At some point, it'll probably come to where there'll be no humans at the checkout, and you'll you'll look. Back at October 6, 2023, with uh, a little bit of nostalgia when you at least could deal with real people. Well, Bob, I'll, I'll say this truthfully. There's a place closed, in the, as you know, next week up there by the uh, Broom Tech. I have never had a problem with the Spy Diner, ever, Bob. Ever. Yeah, I'm not saying. Again, you, you, you want me to somehow excoriate uh, a company that in my personal experience, I haven't had that experience. Now, have I heard from other people with occasional problems with that company as well as every other company around here? Yeah, I do. So, I mean, I, I guess going forward, you personally have to make a decision because of an experience that you didn't like this morning. Will you return? Well, cause that's, a, that's my regular place. Okay, but there are lots of other places. Look... You know, Wegmans has been in this market for, I don't know if it's now four decades, nearly four decades. But, you know, if you don't like them, Price Chopper. Um, what's the one? Oh, in Owego. They have Grand Union. Uh, what else do they have? Um, there's so many fine options. So you're not locked into, you're not locked into, well, oh, Wise. That's the one I was thinking of. That's a, a, a name, a family name based in, in Pennsylvania. So if, if you're not happy with one store, that's why we have competition in America. It makes everybody better. Bob, that's not what I'm saying. I know. I, I, trust me. I heard what you're saying. I heard what you're saying. You don't have to say it again. So I wish you the best. I'm sorry you had a bad experience. I hope it doesn't wreck your weekend. How would you feel? If that How would I feel? Yeah, I would feel disappointed. But I wouldn't call in a talk show to spend five minutes talking about one experience where apparently a price was loaded in the thing wrong.
like I say, out of 55,000 or 60,000 items in the store, inevitably, there are going to be some where the price is wrong. And then, if it's called to the attention of a human, maybe they won't apologize profusely for the error. Or maybe they will. I don't know that they need to. I, I think, okay, we eventually got it fixed. Enjoy your apple. So hope you are back here next week. We love you. Or, as I said, that's the beauty of Broome County. We have other fine supermarkets. And, of course, convenience stores. Don't forget convenience stores. Somebody told me convenience stores now are starting to stock some fresh fruit for their patients who chew gum. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. Andy from Vestal. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, Mike um, is, uh, is mentioning Wegmans, and uh, my wife and I are going to be going there this morning. Well, so you know, I, I have to have to apologize to people, but well, in the know, interest right, of full disclosure, well, look, in the interest of full disclosure, I was there yesterday afternoon, and everything went well. As for me, it almost always does. But have I ever encountered an item since since I started shopping there in the 80s, an item that showed up on the receipt that, that may have been mispriced? Uh, perhaps. I don't recall that happening. But do I think that they even say like for, um, oh, we'll take a random item like yesterday, Malomars. I think they were posted on sale, I don't know if it was three forty nine or three fifty nine. It was a discount price. But say if it rang up at thirty five ninety nine for a, a box of Malamars, do I think they owe me an apology because it rang up wrong? No, I would probably I would probably I think I think amongst Mike, you and me, I, I we're all I think we're all in the same age bracket century anyway or whatever. <laughs> Decade. Uh, I think we'd be smart and say, hey, uh, this price is off. You know, yeah, you, but you, you know it. But would I, would it. I be would I be upset or disappointed? No, no I'd be I, like I, be like, oh, this place is still run by people. Because trust <laughs> me, what? No, seriously, Andy. Right. Once yeah, right. once Wegmans and Wise and Price Choppers and mm-hmm. what's the what, what's the one I'm leaving out? Because I don't, I don't want. Well, I mentioned Grand Wegmans, Union. What's Wise, the other Price, one? Oh, oh geez. Ooh. Uh, well, you, anyway. you grand re- I, 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 I know. I'm, I'm a, I draw a blank myself. Yeah. So anyway, what's you know, on your mind? Well, I just was on my mind. I was, uh, I was, um, I was looking at Jim MTWIVT's the sale of um, the Practical Bible um, Seminary um, uh, um, being sold to as a someone who's going to have AI or something. A, a, a artificial intelligence college. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, I saw it. So, what do you think about yeah. that? Sounds kind of wild. It it does, but uh, uh, the background is sort of bothering me a little bit. You know, of the purchaser themselves. Now, I realize it's you know it's just it's it's if you want to say hearsay, you know. But I'm just it, 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 but uh, I, I'm hoping it's not true. You know. Um, well, I thought the story by Jim Emke, I think it was by Mr. Emke. Anyway, I think yes, the story uh, at BinghamtonHomePage.com, it struck me, is, right. is pretty well reported. And I think there might have been a link to uh, previous reporting by people uh, closer to where 
where these uh, buyers live. So I, I'm not sure that I have doubts well, they, about they the have, about have, the facts contained have, in the story. Well, yeah, they had the facts contained of January 6th of 2020, 2022, or 2021, sorry, um, in the story. And that's, it's like, that's the only thing it's like, wow, that's, you know, that's, that's, I, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm reading too much into it and I maybe just mind my own business. Well, whatever. But, uh, you know, there's no law, yeah. there's no law in, as far as I know, there's no law that says insurrectionists can't buy college properties. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. you know, it's a free country. I mean, I here's the thing. I As people who listen to the program have learned, I'm not a big fan of insurrectionists. In fact, I discourage insurrectionist behavior. On the other hand, I don't think I've ever taken a public position saying insurrectionists shouldn't be allowed to buy property in Johnson City. I say, here, here's the thing. I'm hopeful, and again, I haven't spoken with these people, but I'm hopeful at some point I get them on the program right here in the studio after they go through the metal detector and just answer the questions. What happened there in January 2021? And then, after we get past that, then I would say, and what are your plans now in Johnson City? Welcome to my neighborhood. That's how I would look at it. Thank you for your call. It's 951. Bob Joseph, a friend to all at WNBF. Fifty-three WNBF and the WNBF Correction Department hastens to point out that Wegmans and Johnson City opened in August 1990. A newspaper story from August 19th, 1990, shows that the more things change, or no, the more things, the more time goes by, nothing changes. The big story from Rocky Montez in the press, August 19th, 1990. J.C. frets about grocery gridlock. New Wegmans could create jam near mall. Ha! <laughs> well, here we are. Fast forward 33 years and, well, you saw the story I did last week about the installation of an extra left turn lane into Wegmans. J.C. frets about grocery gridlock. As I say, the, the headlines could probably be repeated at least once every decade. So there. 9.54, watch out for grocery gridlock. And then what about them chicken sandwiches, especially when they start serving them on Sundays? Bob Joseph, always a few questions on WNBF.
WNBF. All the hits, all the time. You're serious on a news talk station? Come on, man. That's why we call it the Big N. 5,000 watts, sounding like a billion. Anyway, uh, don't take those numbers seriously either, folks. Fact checkers are busy this morning. Here's the forecast from the National Weather Service. Cloudy today with a chance of showers, mainly afternoon, high 74. Tonight, showers and possibly a thunderstorm, low 56. Rain between one half and three quarters of a Grinch. Then showers tomorrow, high 63, another quarter to a half of a Grinch tomorrow. And then Sunday, partly sunny. A chance of showers, high 57. Right now, it's 67, 67 Fahrenheit, 19 Celsius, the WNBF. The station bold enough to give you the temperature in Celsius. Why? Because no one else can figure that out. Most people in America have just said, ah, metric system not invented here. Nope, we'll... We'll hang on to our system, even though billions of other people on the planet are puzzled by our stubbornness. So again, 19 Celsius for the people living outside the USA today. Air quality here in Binghamton, good. AQI air quality index is 37, so you may resume breathing. And it's uh, supposed to get even better today. It's supposed to drop down to about 25. This is WNBF. WNBF. Report showing U.S. employers hired far more people than was anticipated, adding 336,000 jobs in September. Analysts had expected that number to be around 170,000. The unemployment rate remaining at 3.8 percent. The news had stocks sharply lower in pre-market trading. Investors fearing the red-hot jobs market will prompt the Federal Reserve to enact inflation. Dave Packer, ABC News. Kaiser Permanente Healthcare Workers on strike for a third day in the largest walkout of its kind in U.S. history. Kaiser saying they've reached a number of tentative agreements with the unions on a minimum wage for employees, but Rocio Chacon, a union rep in those marathon negotiations, saying Kaiser never actually presented the deal to the union. Don't go out to the press and don't send an email saying that you have. The hospital system overnight reiterating its commitment to reaching a deal. We are coordinating with coalition leaders to reconvene bargaining as soon as possible. ABC's Matt Gutman. A new controversy involving former President Trump. The Australian billionaire Anthony Pratt has told special counsel Jack Smith's team that the former president told him potentially sensitive information about the capabilities of America's nuclear submarines. Sources familiar with the matter tell ABC News. Those sources say Pratt then shared the information with scores of others, including more than a dozen foreign officials, several of his own employees, and a handful of journalists, according to sources familiar with the matter. ABC's Jonathan Carl. Meanwhile, Trump wading into who could be the next Speaker of the House, naming himself as a contender while endorsing Republican Jim Jordan of Ohio. Lawmakers say Trump as Speaker is highly unlikely. This is ABC News. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well... 
trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. The Nobel Peace Prize has been awarded to an Iranian human rights activist, Nargis Mohammadi, recognized for her fight against the oppression of women in Iran. She's currently in prison, sentenced to 31 years and 154 lashes. The latest jobs numbers come out as new data arrives about women in the workplace. They're still outnumbered by men in leadership positions. Details from ABC's Andrea Fuji. We are making progress at the top, but... It's slow. Lorena Yee is co-author of a new Women in the Workplace report. The study found for every 100 men promoted from entry level to manager, there were only 87 women and 73 women of color. We see fewer and fewer women at every stage. Part of it is that we've been losing them from the very first step. Men also outnumber women at the manager level. Researchers found men were more apt to be judged on their potential, whereas women were judged on their track record. Liz Landers, ABC News. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, cloudy, chance of showers, high near 74 Showers tonight, possibly a thunderstorm, low around 56. Showers Saturday, high near 63. Partly sunny Sunday, chance of showers, high near 57. Hotels and motels in Broome County are being told not to make any deals to house homeless people from New York City. County Executive Jason Garner issued an emergency emergency order in response to the announcement by New York City Mayor Eric Adams that housing vouchers can be used elsewhere in the state. The move is aimed at freeing up more space for the city to handle the thousands of migrants who have arrived from southern states. Garner told WNBF News that New York City vouchers provide far more money to people than the level of assistance available to individuals in Broome County. The county executive said if the vouchers were accepted here, it would price everybody out of rental properties locally and it would just cause havoc here. Garner said county officials learned that someone from New York City was visiting various hotels on Wednesday looking to rent out hundreds of rooms for up to three years. Hotel operators said the man indicated he was making arrangements to house migrants and homeless people from the city. Garner said the sheriff's office was alerted to the situation and the person was advised the effort would not be legal in Broome County. A check of several hotel and motels along the Front Street Corridor in the town of Dickinson and Shenango Thursday afternoon revealed a sheriff's deputy had provided them a copy of the new emergency order. 
Four months after a popular Endicott bakery produced its last loaf of Italian bread, the place is being prepared for an auction and sale. Felix Roma and Sons Bakery on South Page Avenue shut off its ovens at the end of May. The business, which started on the village's north side, had been in operation for eight decades. At the time, company representatives said little about the decision to shut down the bakery. A longtime Felix Roma employee told a reporter on Thursday that preparations were underway for an upcoming auction. An online listing posted last May indicated the site was being offered for sale with an asking price of $1.1 million. The listing noted the property included three acres of land and parking. The site is also in Endicott's Municipal Electric District, which offers slower rates for power. The Felix Roma Bakery built its South Page Avenue production facility in 1969. The operation was expanded three years later due to increased demand for the company's products. On October 4th, Delaware County Sheriff's deputies received a complaint of a group of students from Walton High School receiving a threat to bomb the school and harm other students over a social media app. Deputies responded to Walton and interviewed multiple students, and as a result of the investigation, determined it was a threat that was made after school hours and that an 18-year-old juvenile Walton High School student made the threats to bomb the school and harm other students that received the message. The student was arrested and charged with making a terroristic threat, a Class D felony, and was held at the Delaware County Correctional Facility to await centralized arraignment court. A man who wounded 10 people in a rush hour subway shooting in New York City last year has been sentenced to life in prison. Frank James was sentenced on Thursday. He pleaded guilty to terrorism charges earlier this year for the April 2022 mass shooting. His attorneys requested a reduced sentence of 18 years, pointing to the lack of fatalities as evidence James didn't intend to kill anyone. Federal prosecutors say James spent years carefully planning the subway shooting in order to inflict, inflict maximum damage at the height of rush hour. They said the fact that no one was killed was miraculous. Before the shooting, James posted dozens of videos online under the moniker Prophet of Doom. The father of a toddler who authorities say died of fentanyl poisoning at a New York City daycare center said he had hoped to have a photo of his son's kindergarten graduation in four years. Antonio Feliz cried as he held up a photo of his son, Nicholas, who died after he and three other young children were sickened at their Bronx daycare center. District Attorney Darcel Clark says uh, Gree Mendez, Felix Herrera Garcia, and Carlisto Brito were arraigned on charges including murder on Thursday. An attorney for Mendez says she is not guilty. Messages seeking comment were left with attorneys for the other two defendants. Democrats who control Pennsylvania's House of Representatives are making another attempt to send hundreds of millions of dollars to four Pennsylvania universities and get around a partisan dispute that has stalled the money from passing. The funding was part of a flurry of tying up loose ends for the state's $45 billion budget, which has dragged three months into the fiscal year without all of the elements of the spending plan in place. The bills now go on to the state Senate. The House adjourned after a busy week, and both chambers are scheduled to return to session on October 16th. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF.
Bob Joseph with Binghamton Now, live on a Friday morning. This is News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Coming up, we'll be taking more of your phone calls. There is a lot to talk about today, and I don't want to let any cats out of the bag yet, but if you are interested in some local businesses and what's going to happen to them, you'd better check out WNBF.com this afternoon. I've been working on a couple stories, and uh, I think some people are going to pay very close attention. Of course, already this week we've had some important business stories, including the sad news that the spot diner restaurant will be closing perhaps as soon as Monday. We had the story about the Felix Roma Bakery, and, and sadly, an auction is probably coming up soon. The place might be sold. Could somebody buy the place, and like somebody like me, and buy it, you know, an Endicott native who likes Italian bread, and maybe make um, Italian bread the way it ought to be made? Wouldn't that be something there on 2 South Page Avenue? We could call it Bob Joseph's Bakery. But other than that... Everything else on, on the wrappers, the color, the red and the green and the white. We could still say fresh baked bread from Endicott with love from your friend, Bob Joseph. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's nice to have a dream. Yes, it's nice to have a dream. I can dream, can't I? And then find somebody who has... Oh, I don't know, maybe about $20 million to make it happen. It's ten twelve at WNBF, and we are joined in the studio by Linda Sarah from Mercy House of the Southern Tier. Good morning. How are you? Wait, hold on. Don't say anything yet. I didn't have the microphone turned up. I mean, see, once we switch over to AI November 1st, this sort of thing won't happen. AI will handle the microphone adjustments, so it'll be a, a show that'll be uh, shocking people with its uh, apparent perfection. Just no no humanity, but AI will at least get the, the microphone volume set up. <laughs> Linda, Sarah, welcome back. Thank you. Good morning. Happy Friday. Yeah, good to, good to have you with us. You've got uh, important information about what I think by the time something reaches the decade mark that that qualifies now as a tradition you've got a 10th anniversary of a special event that'll be coming up in Endicott at the end of October yes it will be our 10th annual gala of taste it's one of uh, three fundraisers that we host ourselves for Mercy House to offset the expenses uh, for caring for the terminally ill. So we're very excited. We have uh, lots of raffles and wine tasting, food by P.S. Restaurant, desserts, Irish coffee, and special this year, something a little different. We have Rick Pedro on piano with three uh, local artists that will grace us with their presence. Uh, Jordan Lorette from Endwell, Matt Beach, from Endwell and then Endwell native Tessa DeZuba. So they will be in the house uh, with Rick that evening. Our virtual auction, it's a hybrid again uh, this year. We will have a virtual auction. We will go live with that on October 19th. So folks who may not be attending in person can start to look and everyone can register for free online, mercyhousesouthernchair.com on the 19th. 
and take a look at what we have and start bidding. We will also have, for those in person, uh, because it's our 10th anniversary, we will have 10 really nice raffle baskets that we will raffle off that evening. Now, for people who may not be familiar with the history and the mission of Mercy House, give give people a little overview of how it came to uh, be a reality. Obviously, a lot of people had to work to make that happen. That is true. So over 10 years ago now, uh, Father Clarence Rumble had the vision that we needed to do something within our community to help the terminally ill due to a uh, personal experience that he had. So he put together a dynamic group of folks. Uh, we Everyone did due diligence and Seven years later, Mercy House has been open. We've been uh, caring for the terminally ill for seven years, and we have cared for 1,070 residents and their families and friends. So we truly have made an impact on thousands, uh, positive impact, helping them through that end-of-life journey, which, as we know, uh, is emotional and, and can be very tough. It. It's um, it's fraught with um, all sorts of feelings, and, of course, people are scared. Sometimes people are angry, but the end of life also can be a special time, too, where, where people, friends, and family members can can really think and, and appreciate the, the memories, the good times, even though the transitional period whether it's a matter of of just a few days or sometimes a little bit longer the transitional period of course is uncertain but it's also something to to take advantage of because the those final hours can be very very special even even though you're experiencing uh emotions like sadness right and grief and anticipatory grief um so that's what we're all about we come into play so that the families can just be families and have those conversations and perhaps another you know celebrate another birthday while they're at mercy house or an anniversary and just let them make those memories and um have closure and maybe bond and heal a little bit so we come in and we take care of everything 24 7 the food the personal care, the medications, etc. So um, we're really honored to be able to help our community just be families at the end of life. So the special event, the 10th, 10th anniversary gala of taste event, will be at Our Lady of Good Counsel Church on West Main Street in Endicott. For people who may not be um, exactly familiar, that's the church that's close to the Enjoy Golf Course. Yes, and there will be plenty of parking in the Enjoy parking lot as well as our Lady of Good Counsel lot. So don't worry about the parking. Uh, you can go online now and purchase tickets. Uh, we are capping the event at 400, so I can tell you uh, we're over 200 tickets sold right now. So if you're interested, I would uh, get your tickets sooner rather than later. Coming up in a few weeks, Thursday, October 26th from 6 to 9 p.m. at Our Lady of Good Counsel Church. Linda Sarah, Executive Director of Mercy House of the Southern Tier, thank you so much. Thank you. It's 1018. We're live and local on News Radio. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to 92.1 FM, 1290 AM and streaming at WNBF.com.
From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GaltAuto.com. Bob Joseph, a real person, they say, on News Radio. 607-772-1290. Yeah, call in. Why not? We'll see how it goes. I'm here till noon. Ron in Binghamton over on the west side. Good morning. You're on the air. Uh, good morning, Bob. I wanted to call and let your viewers know about something I just read, which I highly recommend if they can get a hold of it, that they read. Uh, it's in the September edition of uh, Rolling Stone, and uh, it is about uh, youth football. The title of the article by an Alex Morris, and it's a long, very detailed, very emotional article. The title is they played football as children. Now their families mourn. Uh, I I wish that every school administrator, high school principal, superintendent could read this article, which is very thorough. It does emphasize one particular young man. Uh, his um, uh, he's, he was from Texas. His name was Duquan Myers. He died six years ago. He committed suicide. And he did have CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Uh, the, the thing that uh, one gets from reading this article is that if you're putting your young person into peewee football, youth football, high school football, you're really encouraging them to play a form of Russian roulette. Uh, even one concussion doubles the chances of suicide in one's life. And what happens in football, and I've talked about this on the show, is not concussions per se, but the, the hundreds and thousands of Dings that you get to the head, which have an effect of uh, affecting the uh, proteins in the brain and actually scramble the person's brain with some terrible consequences. I, I just wanted to mention this article, and I don't know how many people would, would get the Rolling Stone, but September 9th, 2023, uh, it, it is about concussions. It is about uh, young people, and the misery that uh, families are going through after having their kids play football. Uh, we're really up against it, and the battle is being lost. We've got all sorts of information out there, and it's it's uh, information that is stacking up against having your head hit in, in football. And, or uh, anywhere else. Well, and I anywhere mean, else. But, you know, there ought to be... Here's my thought, and I know 
over the last few years, you've been very focused on this one specific aspect involving young people uh, entering a situation where inevitably their head is probably going to get hit, not once, but probably repeatedly, and put them at risk for uh, permanent problems for um, several decades to come. But I think, more broadly, there ought to be efforts in society to prevent people from getting their head hit ever at all, at all ages. And and so I know, now first of all, it's already tough enough to, to see any progress significant progress happening very quickly with respect to young people, children playing football. But I, I have a dream, Ron. I have a dream that I live in a society where it will be no longer permissible for humans of any age to hit anyone in the head for entertainment purposes. Well, Bob, of course the problem is numbers and you can hit your head falling off a bicycle or coming down the stairs. Yeah, but that's not entertainment. My Again, my dream has nothing to do with people accidentally hitting their heads. Accidents will happen, as Elvis once said. I'm saying I have a dream where people will not pay money in this country or anywhere else on the planet to be amused or entertained while people hit their heads against someone else or have someone bash them in the head. That's my dream because I'm unaware we're getting hit in the head is safe at any age. I mean, I think Ralph Nader ought to do a book, Unsafe at Any Speed, Unsafe at Any Age, Getting Hit in the Head, whether you're 11 years old or 111 years old. So, yes, accidents are going to happen and steps should be taken to prevent accidents and also um, more people should wear helmets and other protection but I'm saying specifically something that could be regulated, stop allowing people to charge money to see other people get their heads hit. Well, Bob, as you know, uh, when we're talking about peewee and high school, uh, well, high school to some extent, but there's really no major money exchange. Uh, the, the money is in college and pro sports. And uh, we have an organization called the National Football League. To me, the NFL is kind of equal to an organization. I don't know if you know about the Sacklers, the Empire of Pain, people with oxycodone. Uh, they uh, made billions and billions of dollars by allowing their drug to go on the market and people are dying from that drug today. Uh, the NFL is putting more and more money into expanding the entertainment value of football. And uh, if you put on a football, you put on a National Football League game, I mean, you and I discussed this, it, 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 you've got every, uh, you've got uh, Taylor there, Taylor Swift. You've, it, it's, it, it, it's in our blood now. And uh, we, the consequence is, and the important consequence is, if you're going to have a National Football League and you're you're going to have uh, to have these leagues under it, the, the uh, youth leagues and so on, to feed college and and pro football. Uh, your dream, it sounds to me like your dream, is that there will not be uh, the National Football League down the line. Is that no, that's not my dream. They can they can alter their game. 
rules can be changed. I mean, if Major League Baseball could make major changes with its rules, the National Entertainment League could also change the rules of their so-called game. It's doable, but only if they want to. And and I think the point you made about, and I'm not going to mention her name because she, I want to respect her privacy, but this one person who suddenly is, is uh, receiving a disproportionate amount of attention among football fans, um, I think that's all part of the reinvention of the National Entertainment League to get further away from the so-called game of football and more into just... Uh, entertainment and amusement, and so there'll be more storylines. Yeah, there'll still be storylines involving the so-called game of football, but there won't be as much fixation on on people getting hurt, people getting concussions. There was, uh, sadly, it was not an NEL game, National Entertainment League. I think it was a college game last week where someone... A player uh, was was seen on video stomping on the head of an opponent, and I and it wasn't called as as any sort of uh, rule violation. But stuff like that, I think, especially is is egregious. But bottom line, I think, in the end, say the National Entertainment League is going to be a lot different ten years from now than it is today. And I think they will strive, however they can to come up with a new concept where concussions will be less likely, maybe never eliminated, and and therefore it'll trickle down to the rest of the entertainment football industry. So even, even parents will understand, you know, for my son or daughter, and that's coming too, by the way, to the National Entertainment League where women are going to be playing, um... And I know some people who drink Bud Light won't like it, but the the reality is things are changing, folks. I didn't say they're changing for the better. They're just changing. So I say, Ron, and other football fans like you, you got to get used to change. Change is a coming. Bob, let me just mention this. You're, if you think that in 10 years we're going to have either flag football or you're not going, or you're going to eradicate what you see in the stands. Have you seen the people at the Buffalo Bills games, at the Eagles games, whatever game? This is bloodlust. This is gladiatorial. We want hits. It's not about concussions. Uh, a concussion, and they have concussion protocols now. That's that's the way the National Football League is making it look like we're taking care of this problem. It's not about concussions. It's about the small dings over and over and over that is part of football that is causing CTE. You can't eradicate uh, the problem unless you do away with the hits. And the hits are part and parcel of the game. They're essential. And you're not going to have... I know. I, I'm saying changes will be made. Will it, will it eliminate all hits? Did I say anything about flag football? I said rules will be changed. Rules, I believe, rules will continue to be adjusted to afford better protection. And so ultimately, the way football is played in 2033 will be different than 2023. Will people still get hurt? And will there still be some concussions and some head injuries and some bad behavior? And will fans continue to act boorishly while under the influence of alcohol and other substances? Yes. This is America. I've lived here all my life. I know what America is. So uh, 
but again, things are likely to change. Will you still be concerned about injuries to people playing this so-called game 10 years from now? Of course you will be. I'm not saying... I'm not saying that America has the political will or desire to protect all of our citizens from head injuries, but they can do some additional things. I believe the National Entertainment League is doing research, or at least funding some research to address uh, some of these issues. So, you know, maybe going forward, there will be some breakthroughs and they can reduce the likelihood of some of their highly paid employees getting injured. And also, therefore, uh, going again down to the younger levels, uh, players might start to play differently. Maybe they'll have better equipment, making things safer. Again, I still think rules could be adjusted. Yes, would parents still go to games and would rivalry still take place on Friday nights? Yes. I'm not trying to wreck America. I'm trying to protect America. I have a dream where no one of any age has to suffer a needless head injury under the guise of entertainment. 607-772-1290, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Ten thirty six at WNBF. Moving forward, using all my breath. Making love to you was never second best. I saw the world crashing all around your face. Never really knowing it was always mesh and lace. Bob's Italian bread. Mm-mm, good. Look for it. And the provocative red, green, and white wrapper. You're going to have a speedy? You're going to have a speedy with Bob's Italian bread. <laughs> Gary from the West Side, however, points out, just a friendly suggestion, you might want to call the place the Roger Neal Bakery, which is true. Roger Neal would be able to sell just the name. He doesn't have to be actually physically associated. He just has to sign off on the legal papers so he could get 10% of all sales. So Roger Neal, Italian bread. And yet I would do the commercials. Hi, this is Bob Joseph for Roger Neal Italian Bread. Do you need Italian bread for your speedies? Of course you do. Would you like the very best Italian bread for your speedies? Here you go. Roger Neal Italian Bread with home delivery. Using the Roger Neal Bakery app. <laughs> you need 
piping's hot Italian bread from the Roger Neal Bakery ovens. Using the app, you can have it delivered in 30 minutes or less. Use promo code Bob for $12.90. No, $12.90 for 12% off. All right, DJ from Binghamton, you're on the air. And the hits just keep on coming. You know, Bob, you can tell Ron about that jaw protector. This isn't why I call it. I call it about something else. But the jaw protector that's online that I called in about one time protects your whole jaw and head from getting concussions. Remember that? Remember when I called about that? Oh, who could forget? <laughs> I know, right? Any, anyway, I um heard, was his name Mike? Called about Wegmans. That was a great call. Wegmans is a great store. Oh, that you, was that was uh, a that was a wonderful call, DJ. Hey, listen, you <laughs> you don't have to apologize to him, of course, but I want to say, Mike, in all seriousness, too, thank you for your service. He said he was a seventy-nine-year-old veteran. Thank you for your service. The whole teaching, the whole lesson, the whole point of his call to me was he went to the source. And when he went to the source, everything worked out. That's what I tell people all the right. time. Right, and then he went to uh, gripe about it live on the radio. So in <laughs> in the end, in the end, even though it took a few minutes, and I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it was an inconvenience, he was angry enough to call WNBF's Binghamton Now to broadcast it to potentially billions of people around the planet. Well, I think those billions of people, and I, of course, Understand, Bob, that he wasn't really griping. He was trying to help people, you know. But the whole point is go to the source. When people, you ever remember reading? Right, go to the source and then call the local radio talk show to gripe about it so everybody knows that somebody at the store made a mistake. (laughs) That is hilarious. Yeah, I, I understand. Hey, but check this out. Listen, Bob, when anyone insults you, when anyone says anything falsely against you, when you're in a jam, whatever your case is, Go to the source, and you know who that source is. And I go to him every morning with my guitar and my voice and my scriptural proclamations. And you know what? You've got to, you fill in the blanks. Go to the source, people. Go to your source, man. Times are coming. Go to the source. I think a war is coming. Come to, go to the source. Whatever it is, go to the source. He got blessed, that man. Mike, thank you, brother, for calling all right. Unfortunately, it's going to be Friday night, and here on State Street, most people will be going to the sauce. It's 1041 at WNBF. Thank you, DJ, for the inspirational words. 607-772-1290. This is Bob Joseph. In all fairness, we call it Binghamton Now. If you want, you can listen online at WNBF.com, or the smart kids have installed the WNBF app on their phone. Forty-three with the heavenly sounds of WNBM. 
Roger in Choconut. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. How are you this morning? Excellent. It's almost the weekend. Yes, it is. Thank God. Um, I was just listening to the caller, Ron, that was talking about football. And uh, I just wanted to say, providing your son or even daughter uh, are being forced to play football, football is voluntary. Football, when you play it, you know there's a risk. Um, if we never took risks for doing something we wanted to do, we wouldn't have anybody in the Army or the Air Force or the Navy or the Marines. Those guys are out there running over each other because that's what they choose to do, and they know the risk. And the NFL is working, although sometimes it has to be poked and prodded, uh, to get better helmets and better padding and better protection. Uh, life is a risk. Driving down to the grocery store is a risk. If people don't want their children or young adults to be possibly injured playing football, don't let them play. It's really simple. Risks, you take a risk crossing the sidewalk. So, um, these people are doing it because they want to, and they are very well paid for that. One of those players in one game probably makes more than Bob and Ron and Roger would make in a lifetime. So it's a risk. You know it, and you've prepared to deal with it. So, All right. Well stated. Um, it's just a fact of life. And oh, I, oh, I get it. I, when every time that I watch one of those, uh, games, I get that they're, they're putting their lives on the line, whether it's, uh, a terrible injury to their head or a terrible injury to their Achilles. It's, it's all, it's all in the game and it's all in the interest of selling more beer and more cars. So I, I say that's America, baby. No, those people are out there because they love the game. Yeah, they love they the game, and the and furthermore, they love the millions they're getting paid, and they're willing to risk serious head injuries and injuries to other important bodily parts, including <laughs> some that don't even get as much coverage as you would think because some of those parts that are injured are pretty important, but you don't see that in the New York Post. But, yeah, they they – I I will acknowledge everybody in the National Entertainment League going in certainly knows all the risks. It's not a secret. No, um, you're absolutely correct. So it's it's a choice they make. Yep, and I encourage them to um, play responsibly. Thank you very much, Roger. I encourage people to play responsibly so you don't get hurt. Don't wind up with a career-ending injury or else you're going to wind up doing play-by-play stuff on CBS Sports. James and Endwell, good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Bob. Yeah, back in the 1960s and 70s, I wanted to play football. My, my dad said, no, it messed up your knees, and that happens to a lot of folks. And My son got into skateboarding, which I didn't care for, and he hyperextended his elbow and Snapped it back into place himself. He's got a video. It's gross. 
then he did mess up his knee with a skateboarding because you're hitting concrete. But, yeah, there's a lot of risk in different sports. We used to ski and stuff when we were younger up to Greek Peak. It was a lot of fun. But when you're younger, you're pretty resilient. But anyway, I called about uh, – I signed up for this newsletter for Robert F. Kennedy Jr., been getting some interesting posts on there. This guy is very articulate, intelligent, and of course he's an environmental attorney. It's just refreshing to see somebody in politics that's so smart. And uh, they sent out a poll the other day asking if Robert F. Kennedy ran as an independent, would I vote for him? Of course, I said yes. But uh, and now he's got a big announcement coming coming up later this October. Yeah, I heard he's I heard he's not going to run as a Democrat. He's going to run as a Kennedy. So, you know, that alone speaks volumes about his commitment to uh, the party. You know, you you have to wonder what other members of his family would think if he um, basically runs as. I don't know what his party's going to be, the Kennedy party. And so he'll siphon votes away from both the Democratic and Republican candidates. So I I think what was already going to be a messy election in 2024 now is going to be um, potentially messy beyond belief. Because do you you think that's what he's going to do? Is that his big announcement? That's my guess. I don't know. but Yeah, uh, they say he wants to run as an independent. So do you think that's right. a good thing? Well, I, I do because, I mean, the, the third-party candidates, they bring up subjects that get addressed sometimes that otherwise it wouldn't. So more of the better as far as I'm concerned, but that's just my opinion. But Well, it'll be interesting. You know, he still hasn't called the program. Yeah, I encourage him to. Yeah, I mean, where is he? I mean, you know, here's here. Sadly, what I think, I think he doesn't care about Binghamton, and I know that's if if he got the information that you sent him about me and Binghamton now, you would think that he would have been on the line the next day. Well, they did say he's very busy. He's got a lot of campaign stops and calling a lot of different uh, TV shows and stuff. He's going on TV a lot, too. Well, radio's still important. You know, obviously, I have an ego, and I know radio may not be viewed by him as that important, but I'd say radio, as far as reaching people here in the Binghamton area, this program reaches dozens of people every day. Well, as a volunteer, I'm trying to get him to come to BU to... To, you know, have a present uh, campaign stop up there if I can, if, if if they can fit him in. I'll try to encourage him to give you a call to the program. Well, if he's coming in, if he's coming into town, don't just encourage him to call. We're here on Court Street. The door is open. This is my pledge, my solemn pledge to RFK Jr., as well as to Joe Biden and Donald Trump, all three of these people are cordially invited right here, right now, to come in to Binghamton now and and come to this studio, be here for three hours, take some phone calls, answer a few questions, share a few laughs, and also give us their vision for the country. Three hours, my friends, with questions from me and also questions from listeners across America. I may see them here next week down okay. in Philadelphia. So well, let them know. Let them know if you do see them. Uh, prize him of my invitation to come to Binghamton, be on the program, answer a few of my questions, take a few calls, and then at noon, I'll drive him down to uh, the Speedy place, and we'll have uh, a Speedy and uh, the beverage of his choice. 
Well, he's pretty progressive. I'm not sure if he's a vegan or not, but... Uh, well, if he wants something, uh, okay. You, you got a good point there. So I change, I mean, my, my standard offer for any presidential candidate is come to town and have a, a speedy and a beverage of your choice. But let me revise that for any candidate. Come to town, you have lunch at any place here in Binghamton, any place. I will buy your lunch and a beverage of your choice whether whether it's a vegan item or any item. That is my pledge, up to $500. Well, I also organized Ralph Nader when he came here to BU. And, uh, I know. I, I've talked to Ralph Nader. He, he seemed to have a lot of ideas. And uh, the poor guy, I, I, I got him lunch, and apparently he only eats special food from the Middle East. Uh, forget the name of it now, but I got him subs from Wegmans. <laughs> I don't know if he ate it or not. Well, why wouldn't he? They got vegans. They got vegans. Those, are, those vegan used subs. to be old-fashioned subs. They're no longer old-fashioned. Now they're newfangled. But I'm sure when he was here, they were old-fashioned. And even Ralph Nader would say, man, that's a good sub. Yeah, I love those subs. I, I like Wegmans, too. But my better half actually used to work up there. She said she'd get some tough customers. One time, somebody wanted to buy some alcohol without ID. They started threatening her. She had to get security and stuff. To well, that's why they have car. security. You know, that place, yeah. and I don't think I'm telling tales out of school, that place might be the busiest place on any given day in Broome County. I can't think of any other place in Broome County that is busier day in and day out. But it is sad to see how with inflation food prices are going up. I encourage people to grow their own gardens i did that this sure year. go grow it really good i know a, a guy he grows tomatoes he grows um uh peppers and garlic he didn't grow garlic this year but he promised me he's going to grow garlic next year but all oh, the tomatoes mm, 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 mm. well mm, that mm, and uh, i think people should hunt and fish more my doctor was saying that yeah. i came down with that crohn's disease and uh, it says there's so many additives between herbicides and pesticides. You know, it's better to hunt deer and eat venison and uh, you know, grow your own food and get uh, get foods that they don't use the pesticides on. So, Appreciate your call. I hope you have a great weekend. Okay. You too. Take care. 1054 WNBF. Here's my advice to all listeners who want better health. Avoid processed foods. That's my three words of advice. I'm not a nutritionist, but I will tell you, in all seriousness, avoid processed foods. You'll be glad you did. 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph with the wisdom on the radio. (laughs) Well, avoid processed foods. You know, somebody is going to call up. And say, what do you mean by that? I mean exactly what I said. Avoid processed foods for better health. Everybody was
WNBF. Everybody wants to see people fighting, getting their heads back. Entertainment while we sell you beer and cars. <laughs> America, enjoy every weekend. Dave and Vestal, you're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Bob. Hey, yesterday per our conversation, I, I wasn't um, um, trying to rip uh, Binghamton University as much as I was going after Hakeem Jeffries as far as taking notes because I, I do believe, Bob, when he was there, didn't he get a degree in left-wing activism, if I remember right? I, I'm trying to remember what his degree was in. They didn't have you know? a. They had a degree in left wing activism at SUNY Binghamton. I think that's what his degree. I think that's what his degree was, Bob. If I remember right. Well, anyway, you had something else you were going to say. Hey. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, talking about football around there, and uh, and you know, I do believe in what his uh, his goal is. I do with young kids in football. He's talked me into that. Let's let's stop. Let's stop doing that. But, Bob, when you come back from commercial, you should have played Head Games by Foreigner. Okay? Oh, I don't know if I'll do that. Well, it's it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, it was just my idea, Bob. I so I'm I still looking up. I don't, I don't see that uh, Hakeem Jeffries... I guess his phone ran out of charge. Let's see exactly what his... Um, what his thing was here at BU. Hold on. It's 1992, bachelor's degree. I don't know. It doesn't say anything about left wing. I don't know. It says, while at Binghamton, Jeffries was active in the Black Student Union and president of his fraternity, Kappa Alpha Psi. He credits his engagement outside of the classroom and in the Binghamton community with developing his confidence and leadership skills. He was last on campus, according to this item on the BU website, at least when they wrote this, he was last on campus um, two years ago. September 2021, when he called it a privilege and an honor to speak at the long postponed class of 2020 in-person commencement that had been derailed in um, May 2020 because of the pandemic. His message to graduates then was one of resilience apt in light of the pandemic and a trait he has shown during his political career. So, sounds like he was one of the smarter students at Binghamton University during the 90s. It's 11 o'clock at W. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, cloudy, chance of showers, high near 74. Showers tonight, possibly a thunderstorm, lower on 56. Showers Saturday, high near 63. Partly sunny Sunday, chance of showers, high near 57. Hotels and motels in Broome County are being told not to make any deals to house homeless people from New York City. County Executive Jason Garner issued an emergency, emergency order in response to the announcement by New York City Mayor Eric Adams that housing vouchers can be used elsewhere in the state. 
The move is aimed at freeing up more space for the city to handle the thousands of migrants who have arrived from southern states. Gunner told WNBF News that New York City vouchers provide far more money to people than the level of assistance available to individuals in Broome County. The county executive said if the vouchers were accepted here, it would price everybody out of rental properties locally and it would just cause havoc here. Gunner said county officials learned that someone from New York City was visiting various hotels on Wednesday looking to rent out hundreds of rooms for up to three years. Hotel operators said the man indicated he was making arrangements to house migrants and homeless people from the city. Garner said the sheriff's office was alerted to the situation and the person was advised the effort would not be legal in Broome County. A check of several hotel and motels along the Front Street Corridor in the town of Dickinson and Shenango Thursday afternoon revealed a sheriff's deputy had provided them a copy of the new emergency order. Four months after a popular Endicott bakery produced its last loaf of Italian bread, the place is being prepared for an auction and sale. Felix Roma and Sons Bakery on South Page Avenue shut off its ovens at the end of May. The business, which started on the village's north side, had been in operation for eight decades. At the time, company representatives said little about the decision to shut down the bakery. A longtime Felix Roma employee told a reporter on Thursday that preparations were underway for an upcoming auction. An online listing posted last May indicated the site was being offered for sale with an asking price of $1.1 million. The listing noted the property included three acres of land and parking. The site is also in Endicott's Municipal Electric District, which offers slower rates for power. The Felix Roma Bakery built at South Page Avenue production facility in 1969. The operation was expanded three years later due to increased demand for the company's products. On October 4th, Delaware County Sheriff's deputies received a complaint of a group of students from Walton High School receiving a threat to bomb the school and harm other students over a social media app. Deputies responded to Walton and interviewed multiple students, and as a result of the investigation, determined it was a threat that was made after school hours and that an 18-year-old juvenile Walton High School student made the threats to bomb the school and harm other students that received the message. The student was arrested and charged with making a terroristic threat, a Class D felony, and was held to Delaware County Correctional Facility to await centralized arraignment court. A man who wounded 10 people in a rush-hour subway shooting in New York City last year has been sentenced to life in prison. Frank James was sentenced on Thursday. He pleaded guilty to terrorism charges earlier this year for the April 2022 mass shooting. His attorneys requested a reduced sentence of 18 years, pointing to the lack of fatalities as evidence James didn't intend to kill anyone. Federal prosecutors say James spent years carefully planning the subway shooting in order to inflict, inflict maximum damage at the height of rush hour. They said the fact that no one was killed was miraculous. Before the shooting, James posted dozens of videos online under the moniker Prophet of Doom. The father of a toddler who authorities say died of fentanyl poisoning at a New York City daycare center said he had hoped to have a photo of his son's kindergarten graduation in four years. Antonio Feliz cried as he held up a photo of his son, Nicholas, who died after he and three other young children were sickened at their Bronx daycare center. 
District Attorney Darcel Clark says uh, Gree Mendez, Felix Herrera Garcia, and Carlisto Brito were arraigned on charges, including murder, on Thursday. An attorney for Mendez says she is not guilty. Messages seeking comment were left with attorneys for the other two defendants. Democrats who control Pennsylvania's House of Representatives are making another attempt to send hundreds of millions of dollars to four Pennsylvania universities and get around a partisan dispute that has stalled the money from passing. The funding was part of a flurry of tying up loose ends for the state's $45 billion budget, which has dragged three months into the fiscal year without all of the elements of the spending plan in place. The bills now go on to the state Senate. The House adjourned after a busy week, and both chambers are scheduled to return to session on October 16th. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. Hello, this is Bob Joseph. 607-772-1290 if you'd like to talk on WNBM. This is the program, and I am your host. 607-772-1290. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'll be Jesse from Owego, Bob. I got a real big kick out of that article you read from August 1990 about the, the Wagman's turning lanes and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, nice. as, as I said, and I'm punching up that story again, let me... Um, says, millions of dollars and years of planning have been poured into road work in Oakdale, but motorists should still brace for the worst. The opening of a Wegmans store today is expected to generate traffic snarls around the district. But a $2.5 million road widening project at Harry L. Drive widened entrances and exits at the Oakdale Mall. And traffic officers are expected to ease the pain. Still, officials say traffic tie-ups will be unavoidable, particularly during the first few weeks of the market's opening and the usually busy holiday season. David Legaikis of the state DOT said it'll be an improved situation, but it won't satisfy all the needs. If you want satisfaction, get yourself down to Route 962J and get your kicks there. Ah, there you go. It's there. right there. It's yeah. ripped from the headlines, uh, the Daily oh. Press, August 1990. At, at least 962 is so wide. 962J is very wide. Uh, if you look at them turning lanes left, right, and straight, there's not a single problem whatsoever. You know, though, what they ought to do to protect pedestrians and bicyclists and joggers, they ought to put in some sort of uh, a greenway 
on the sides, on both sides of 962J, so people could get from one side to the other with a greater degree of safety. That would end up as a tourist attraction, you know. I think it would. Sure. Get your kicks on 962J. It it, it just rolls off the tongue. It does. It does. (laughs) Hey, you know, I do have a simple fix for uh, Wagmans. Uh, what I do is I take the Westover exit, or the one before it, and then I make a left. I go under the bridge. I make a right. Now I'm on Harry L. Drive. I make a right turn going in, and then when I leave, I make a right turn getting out, and I'm all set up for the highway. I've had zero problems doing it that way. Yeah, I I have to admit, every time I hear someone reporting a problem about that store, I'm thinking... Well, that's that's interesting. I I don't doubt that some people have problems. It's just odd that every time I go there, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the uh, entrance or exit. I don't have a problem with the parking. I don't have a problem with the pricing. I don't know, but I I guess I guess some people just have problems. And as Walter Cronkite might say, that's the way it is on Friday, October 6, 2023. I'm Walter Cronkite, and you can't please everybody. Well, you're right. And uh, the biggest thing you brought up, it is the person who inputs the price of the food based on the information they got. But if they're in a hurry, they're under pressure, or just don't quite know or what whatever. Doing. Who knows? Maybe it, w- maybe it was a vendor. I don't know. One thing I do know yeah. is the Wegman store in Johnson City, which used to have 70,000 or maybe even approaching 80,000 items a few years ago, they have cut back. I believe they've, they've uh, removed 10,000 or maybe 15,000 items from their inventory. So it's streamlined. They're focusing on the stuff that sells. And if people want stuff that sells, they can go there. If you want to go to other places filled with stuff that doesn't sell too fast, go there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, that's my point is if you think you have a problem at that store, go to one of the other fine stores locally and, and, and enjoy their level of service. What I try to do is I try to frequent all the stores around here. I like to keep it local. I don't like going out of town too much, but we got a couple of family-owned stores left, and I stop in at each one. I make sure I treat them pretty much equally. But you're going to have a price thing. And a couple times I brought it up. They're like, oh, is that what it said? I go, yeah. I go, oh, no big deal. We'll fix that. I'm like, thank you kindly. You have a great day. I mean, I've never had an issue where I thought I needed an apology. No. No. People, people, well, I'm just telling you, Dave, excuse me, Jesse, these, uh, you know, these things point up the fact that, that we would spend time on a major league talk show that reaches dozens of people every day. Uh, spending time about a mispriced item at a supermarket shows just how serious this is. That shows you that um, that people people are troubled and people people don't like the way things are going. And I I wouldn't be surprised that a lot of people are blaming President Biden for stuff like that. Ha. When I go when I go shopping and I go with my girlfriend, I promise you one thing. Bob, I get a 50-yard line seat when she gets picked off like that. 
I just stand in the background. Well, here's my thing. The only, the only time I get ticked off at a supermarket is when I'm behind someone and I won't identify the place because, you know, because of HIPAA, I want to respect their privacy. But there was another supermarket. I'll just say, no, I won't even say where it is because then probably people will figure it out. But there was a supermarket here in the tri-state area and I went to it a couple years ago. For some reason, I had not planned ahead and what I needed was bagels and cream cheese. That's all I needed. And so I had been visiting a friend and I thought, well, it's 1030. You know, I could go to that store in Johnson City, but it's a little further. I know they have bagels and cream cheese. And I also know I could get in and out of there in a matter of seconds or minutes at this hour. And I said, and yet, fortunately, there's a store from Brand X nearby. They call it a supermarket. And I thought, well, why don't I just drive down there? That's like a half mile away instead of going five minutes out of my way down to the store in Johnson City where I know satisfaction was guaranteed. And so I go into the store that I hadn't been into in a long time. I got whatever it was, two bagels and eight ounces of cream cheese. You know, it's simple enough. And then here I am at 10.44 p.m. There's only one person. There's first only one register open, of course. Yeah. And there's one so-called cashier. And she was having an extended, prolonged personal conversation with a person, uh, ostensibly someone who had been shopping. And I learned more about their personal lives than I ever needed to hear. It was worse than being on Oprah or Dr. Bill. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you. And, and I'm thinking, and I don't, you, you know me, my, my patience is legendary, but I almost ran out of patience that night, Jesse. I get you. I almost did. But I, I will say this. Now, now I didn't do two things. I didn't complain to the person once their personal conversation had ended. And I learned all sorts of insights about the human experience as well as their friends. And it's like, I don't need to hear this. TMI, baby. You know, I'm about ready to have a meltdown. And I said, it's okay. It's okay. You, you don't have to be in bed at a particular time. You're not a kid. It's not going to be a, a problem if you wind up home 20 minutes later than you intended. And so I, she checks I'm out actually... She checks out my bagels and, and my cream cheese, and I saunter out of the store making a personal vow never to set foot in the place again unless there's a big news story inside. So, you know, oh, they, they lost a customer. That company lost a customer for life. But and here's the other thing, though. What I didn't do the next morning, even though it was still sadly on my mind, Jesse, I didn't mention it on the program because I thought, well, maybe that's just the way they operate there. You know, they're a friendly store that saves you more. And they want to, you know, if people want to talk about their personal life and their private life, including things that should be, you know, between them and their attorney or them and their um, um, doctor. It's uh, it's okay, you know. Maybe, maybe both of them needed that ten minutes that I lost uh, forever. Here's a little bit of art of skill that I have. If I'm seeing that going on in front of me, and I know it's all personal, the whole nine yards, I will on purpose 
jump right into the conversation, and then I'll give it a real quick twist. And then they're both looking at me so confused, and then... No, I know. I could have. I, yeah. I, I, the, the thing was, I figured, you know, it's like a lot of things in life. You make, you make a guesstimate. You say, all right, they're friends. They're talking. They're catching up. That's what friends do. That's probably what I might do if I was in that job and, you know, somebody comes through my checkout lane at 10.44 p.m. on a weeknight, I might try to catch up. But I probably wouldn't talk for 10 minutes while there is some hapless sap standing in line waiting to get pay for his bagels and cream cheese so he could get home to get the sleep he needs but on the very best radio program that Binghamton can afford. I've got one more question for you. How much experience have you had with the self-checkout? Very, very little. I, I've, ha- I've had some. What they what they try to do, and I this happens at stores because they're ordered to, say if, if there are self-checkout things open, and I, I think they task some of their employees to try to educate people like me to, oh, here. Because they want, they want people like me to get acclimated to their self-checkout uh, system so they can shut down more uh, lanes that are staffed by real people. I mean, that's all part of a long-term plan. So people like me will be like, oh, I don't want to stand in, in a lane. And in fact, actually, that night that I, that night in question that I told you about something that happened in Endwell, oops, there, I slipped. Um, I, uh, I certainly could have taken full advantage of their self-checkout and gotten out of there in probably less than 48 seconds, but that's not me. I'm not a self-checkout kind of kid. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's, and it's not, it's not from a technical standpoint. It's just, you like to talk to people. You like to talk to the I do. I like the personal touch. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more with you. You know, that's what I, that's, you know, it's, that's why, that's why most of my shopping I still do in person. I understand. I'm a dinosaur. I'm one of the very few people who still insist on doing 90, 98% of my shopping in person. I know most people think, you going to a store, why would you ever go to a store when you can order it online and have some bad driving delivery person drop it off the next day? I don't want to encourage more people who drive like that in my neighborhood. I don't. I know they're coming anyway because, you know, inevitably they have to deliver stuff and they're on such a time schedule. I'm told that some of those delivery people, they're on such a time schedule that they aren't even allowed to stop to go to the bathroom. That's that's the type of job that some people are faced with because we're too lazy to go to a store and buy our own stuff. Well, believe me, Bob, I have watched, we got two restaurants out here on the Court Street parking lot in the back, and I watch these delivery drivers. They are flying like 90 miles an hour to get in and get out. So I agree. They're under pressure. And I don't blame yeah. them. I blame, I, because every movement, a lot of those vehicles have cameras. And certainly if they don't have cameras, they have computers. They're tracking everything. Everything they do 
is totally tracked, and they're under pressure. If they don't move fast enough, if they don't deliver enough stuff in a certain period of time, they're going to be written up. They might not be fired now because a lot of people just don't want to do the job. And I understand why people don't want to do those jobs. Who wants to be under that kind of pressure where it, it they load your truck with I don't know how many packages, 50 or 100 packages, or not they. A lot of times you load your truck, and then you're supposed to delivery, deliver all these things. And you're treated, I think, a lot of times people are being treated inhumanely. Well, just my perception. Thanks for your call. Thank you, Bob. I hope everyone has a better shopping experience out there. Absolutely. That's my that's my hope. That's my dream. But going forward, everyone has a wonderful shopping experience. This is Bob Joseph. More calls coming up. We still have about 30 minutes left before we call it a weekend. 607-772-1290. You're listening to WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the WNBF app. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Benny and Binghamton, you're on the air. Hey, Bob, you know, I, um, good morning. I, I just wanted to talk real quick about the, uh, Kevin McCarthy in the house. And, uh, one of the call, one of your callers has, uh, has been calling in the last three days and I've been listening, but I just, uh, I, I think that the person's got it wrong, totally wrong. You know, uh, asking why the Democrats, we couldn't get a couple Democrats to vote and have Kevin McCarthy um, still be speaker. First of all, that's not the Democrats' problem. The problem is leadership from Kevin McCarthy. Okay, this is the one who went after Donald Trump for January 6th. A couple weeks later, there he is down there shaking his hand, laughing it up. Oh, nothing's wrong, you know. And who? This is the person that made a deal with the extreme right about one vote that's all one person could come up and say i don't think you i mean i don't think you should be our speaker that just shows lack of 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 common sense you know inside the republican party you've got the freedom caucus and you've got a bunch of moderates whatever happened to the tea party why can't they have a tea party again well you know bob this is it he's had nine months he knew what happened on the very beginning at nine months to get these guys together because he knew that something like this would be there. Why would he, why would the Democrats have any faith in this man? You've got the, the reason why he lost was not because the Democrats didn't come over. It's because Matt Getz from Florida 
Andy Briggs from Arizona, Ken Buck from Colorado, Tim Burchett from Texas, Eli Crane from Arizona, Bob Good from Virginia, Nancy Mays from South Carolina, and Matt Rosendale from Montana. Plus, you had three that didn't even vote from the Republican Party, John Carter and Lance Gooden from Texas, and Anna Paulina Luna from Florida. All right. You see, that's the problem right there. They didn't want you, not the Democrats. We don't trust you. And so now, oh, well, you better watch out, because if they put Jim Jordan in there, well, you know what that'll do? Yeah, it'll show the American people once again that the Republican Party in the House doesn't have their act together. Well, you know, if I and I know on the program, I think on, I don't know, it was Wednesday or Thursday, I think I said my gut feeling is that Steve Scalise would be the next speaker. But who knows? Maybe it will be Jim Jordan. Maybe it should be Jim Jordan. Maybe maybe that would help to illustrate what is really at the um, at the core of the problem that, that America is dealing with and that would help people make better choices in twenty twenty four. So so let's um, let's hope that Jim Jordan becomes the guy and uh Let's see how Jim Jordan works with Hakeem Jeffries. That ought to be a treat. Well, Bob, see that's that, that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say. It's not working with Hakeem Jeffries. It's working with your freedom. Oh, government. I know, but it's, but it's, but it's, it's but the here's mo- the, here's the, the problem. Here's the problem, Vinny. In my opinion, is that whether it's Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan or Matt Gates or anybody, I don't think there's a single person at least prominent person among the Republicans in the House who's going to have the ability to work with the entire caucus. I think that's the problem because the Republicans are so badly split, and I understand it. I'm not taking sides. I like both sides. I think I think both sides are just wonderful. But I didn't say both sides are right. They're both wonderful. But Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise or Matt Gates or any other Republican, even uh, Mark Molinaro, there's nothing, nothing that any single individual, I think, can do to unite the party. Yeah. You you know, and again, I'm believe me and I'm not a Republican, but sometimes I wish I was so I could talk some sense to these people and say, look. Look, for the good of the grand old party, please, please, let's try to work together. We don't have to agree on some of these most sensitive issues. But please, please, for the love of America and apple pie, let's work together to try to make some progress over the next year. I, I agree, but like I, like like what I'm saying, Bob, there's, there's three fractions in the Republican Party in the House. You've got your moderate. That's about 15. That's Molinero. And, and, and let me tell you, tell you something about moderate Republicans. Uh, Barney Frank said this about them. He goes, you know, they're, that's, that's, the, that's the group that they're always right on time when you don't need them. When you don't need them, here they are. But when you really need them, they're gone. That's the moderate Republicans. You got your Freedom Caucus. That's the caucus that kicked Marjorie Green out, if you remember. Okay, that's the Freedom Caucus. And then you got the Marjorie Greens, you got the Boberts, and you got the the um, Matt Getz. There's three groups in that party now, and they're a mess. 
And oh, it's the, they want to blame everybody else. It's everybody else's fault. They don't take any type of responsibility at all. And that's what you're dealing with. And they're going to destroy. Hey, they're going to do the enemy within. Well, hey, yeah, I, I wish them well. I, I'm serious. I wish all of them the best for success. But in my opinion, and this applies to Democrats too, but in my opinion, people in the House of Representatives really need to think long and hard about why they were sent to Washington. They weren't sent to Washington by most voters to be obstructionists. They were sent to D.C., to our nation's capital, by most voters to help get things done. And the only way you're going to get anything substantive accomplished is when you work with those with whom you disagree. And that could be other people in your party or it could be people across the aisle. You have to work, and I know, compromise is a bad word among some people. Oh, well, it's too bad. It's too bad that can't, compromise is no longer something that sh- that some people think ought to be embraced in government. 11.35 at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, you two are full of crap. 607-772-1290. This is WNBF. 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Bob Joseph. Oh, I wake up in the morning with my hair down in my eyes and she says hi. And I stumble to the breakfast table while the kids are going off to school goodbye. And she reaches out and takes my hand, squeezes it, and says, How do you feel at home? Oh, yes. And I look across her smiling lips. That warm my heart and see my morning sun. WNBF on your Friday morning. And if that's not loving me, then all I got to say, oh God didn't make this queen Back to the phones we go. Rob in Port Crane here on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. You guys the other day were talking about Obama being the best president, so I had a few time, I had a few days to think about things. And I thought, boy, he took that two wars that Vinny talked about. That uh, he took them to seven. He wiretapped Trump Tower. He put five mil. He helped the banks put five point one million people out of home. But he made- uh, let's not talk about Obama. Let's talk about here and now. Let's talk about stuff that's going on right now on October sixth. Good. Okay. Well, it looks like Joe Biden and his whole family are going to prison. Why do you say that? Nobody's been indicted on any serious charges that would make it likely they wind up in the slammer. Why do I say that? Well, so far, the investigation, according to the press conference that those Republicans and Claudia Tenney the other day were at, the the uh, the bribery that they've taken, it looks like, from 
from other countries is up to 23 countries, and it may be as high as $50 million. But the problem is nothing's been proven. And so, you know, talk is cheap, and people can make all sorts of accusations, but until they provide proof in the court of law, uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, nobody is going to go anywhere except up in the politic or the popularity polls at this point because of the way Americans are, are hearing the news. Uh, when it comes to popularity, the only way to go for them is up. I mean, they're they're at a bad spot now, but if they mind their p's and q's and don't wind up going on trial, I I imagine that they'll probably be more popular in another six months. Yeah, right. They need they got so much evidence, Bob. Anyway, the the elephant in the room is Joe Biden now wants to build the wall. How about that? Mayorkas says, "Hey, we need some kind of a physical barrier." to keep the illegals from coming in our flooding across our borders. Some kind of a physical barrier. Gee, how about those sections of wall that are laying there on the ground that, that, that they, they never put up? You know, this is ridiculous. And by the way, you think Obama was so great, go read the gray zone of Max Blumenthal's latest. Well, I don't want to talk about Obama. I thought we already agreed not to talk about Obama. It's Friday. We're trying to have a good time. Bob, you did the uh, trying to have a good time after the way you and Vinny just went on and on and on about the the Republicans being so terrible. You had a good time with that, Bob. You know, I, I'm, I'm no, that was not a good time. This is a much better time. But I don't want to talk ab about Obama. And to be honest with you, I can't imagine most people in the listening audience want to hear about Obama on a Friday. We're getting set for weekend fun. It isn't Friday, isn't it? Isn't today Thursday? Today Thursday? No, today is Friday. I'll be darned. Well, anyway, you got... Would I lie to you? Come on, man. It's Friday. Let's get set for the weekend. Let's let's relax. Let's enjoy life. Listen, Bob, just for a minute, please listen to me instead of talking over me all the time. Jimmy Dore just spoke to the U.N. Security Council. If you want 10 minutes of truth, go watch that. Or better yet, go watch Tucker Carlson on X from Michigan yesterday. You want some truth? That election was stolen. Everybody knows it. I don't care how much you and the press keep trying to, to stifle people that say it, but when the FBI leans on it for one party, leans on the scale, and the CIA does the exact same thing, that was a stolen election. I know it. You know it. And your, your listeners know it. Even the ones that ride with Ninny don't agree. But it's true. Well, I still hope you have oh, a good weekend. Response, yeah, have a good weekend. I'm going to have a great... I'm going to have a great weekend. I just got my first hole-in-one playing with George Mack Sr., his daughter. Really? And one of my best friends. You got yeah. a hole-in-one? I sure did. First one in 12 years. All right. Congratulations. That's that's hey, cool. I took my eyes off the ball, though. It landed up short of the green. I, kept, I watched it roll up on the green, and it, it was like 20 feet to go. I took my eyes off the ball, and next thing I know, George Mack and my buddy Nick are hugging me. It was a, It was a great thing. I can't imagine how that, that would feel. I mean, I don't play golf, I I but I, I can only imagine if I ever played golf, to get a hole-in-one would be one of those things that would be almost incomparable. Well, George's daughter, her name is Tina. I'm sure she won't mind me saying she's a, a newbie golfer. I think this was her second time out. And let me tell you, after golfing with four members of the Black, the, the, um, the Max family, I'm sorry, but the Max, 
these this whole family still has game even the seniors 80 and he can still out drive us young guys half the time it's you know well that's it, great well, I, so anyway congratulations on a hole in one and also despite all of the stuff that's going on politically in this country try to have a good weekend oh i'm good to have a great weekend you too all right thanks 1144 WNBF. Hey, look, it's almost the weekend. 16 minutes. Let's let's not lose sight of the most important thing. The weekend. It's almost here. I'm going to grab myself a uh, moxie. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Ann from Appalachian. Good morning, Ann. How are things in Appalachian? Um, fine so far. <laughs> All right. What's on your mind? Um, regarding the Speaker of the House and also Hakeem Jeffries, I am hoping that some of the Republican moderates will choose to vote for Hakeem Jeffries to be the Speaker of the House. I listened to him after 15 casting votes for McCarthy. He is intelligent, articulate and mature, and a patriot. He would be a far better choice to be the backup for the presidency than Jordan and um, most any of the Republicans. I find no maturity in them. I find antics in them. I've listened to Jordan. He is not that intelligent. He's determined to be a Trumper, and I don't think we need a Trumper in the White House. So yeah, I but think. he just got endorsed by Donald Trump. So that means probably many Republicans now feel compelled to vote for him because he just got the uh, official endorsement from Donald Trump. They just announced it. I don't care. The, um, the, um, when I listen to the far left um, people, Democrats, I find more maturity, AOC and intelligent questioning at hearings than what you get from the far right who like to pick up pornography and talk about people, how they go to the bathroom and stuff like that as part of their rhetoric. They're not interested in having anything intelligent or quite really sincere. All right, well, let's listen to just a clip. I I have this giant stack of stuff, so let's just listen for a moment to Hakeem Jeffries to get a sense of of what he thinks about everything that's been going on over the last few days. We are ready, willing, and able to work together with our Republican colleagues, but it is on them to join us to move the Congress and the country forward. So what do you think of that? I think that's mature and intelligent and not, not um, you know, degrading um, type of rhetoric. All right. Well, here's one more from the big stack of stuff. And I want you to listen carefully to what he said. And then I want to get your your opinion. Again, this is Binghamton University graduate Hakeem Jeffries speaking on the House floor just a short time ago. This is a serious, solemn and sober moment. House Democrats are going to continue to put people over politics and to fight to make life better for everyday Americans. And I misspoke. That wasn't just a few hours ago. That was earlier this week. That was Hakeem Jeffries. And remember, he's a Binghamton University graduate. So you heard 
what he just had to say about it being a serious, solemn, and sober moment. So what about that? I think that shows intelligence and, and um, composure and not um, stupid rhetoric like what you get from Republican. Some of your callers who are anti-Democrat remind me of the far-right talk, talkers um, who are more interested in throwing out rhetoric that is not persuasive. I called my um, Mark Molinaro's office and told him that if he can, I want him to vote for Hakeem Jeffries. And I think if he would spread that around to more moderates, they would actually have a functioning um, session in the future. Well, I appreciate your opinion, and, and I hope you have a really good weekend. Thank you, and I, I hope and pray that it'll go the right way. Trump, in my mind, is a two-year-old in an adult body who's not not a patriot. In fact, our allies will become Russia and China and so forth if he prevails. I can't imagine anybody wanting to vote for that man. All right. We'll see what the other listeners have to say. Thanks for calling in. Thank you for listening. 1149, this is Bob Joseph. 607-772-1290. The station is WNBF. The frequencies are 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and the website is WNBF.com. town of Dickinson. You're on the air. Yeah, Bob, where's that Apple Festival in Oregano? Is that at the fairgrounds? Um, let me look it up on the... Because uh, we were thinking about going over the weekend. Hold on. It says it's going to be... Is it in Oregano or Newark Valley? I thought it was Oregano. Uh, to me, it looks like they're talking about an apple festival in Newark Valley is what I see. It says Saturday and Sunday, Route 38 at Beeman Billings Farmstead, uh, the annual Newark Valley Apple Festival. Oh, I, I, I thought it was Oregon. Well, how, uh, how do you get to Newark Valley from, our, from Binghamton? Well, it's not that hard, but... And I don't know the most direct route, but say if you went down to Owego, 
Yeah. Got off the exit and go through a Wego on Route 96, where the kids do get their kicks more than 90, 62J. So 96, take 96 North Avenue, and you have to go, I can't remember if it's two or three miles north. So you're running up Route 96, and then I think it takes you to Route 38. So it's out that way. There are signs to Newark Valley, but I... It's not oh, that. It's, yeah, it's not I've that hard to it, get. I've never been there. Well, I have. I haven't been there either, and I. I didn't even know they're having the Apple Festival. But thanks to the internet machine, now I know. And it says they guess. Guess what they're going to have an Apple dessert contest. Can you imagine oh, that? Oh boy. Mmm. So I bet they'll have apple pie. Oh yeah. Oh. Do you know what mincemeat pie is? I do. It's yeah. Ma- it's good. made with real I- mincemeats. Yeah, I make I make it every year for around Thanksgiving or Christmas. Oh yeah, I haven't had it in quite a while. It's I mean the pies I like best tend to be uh, pumpkin and um, oh, what's the other one? Oh, pecan. But that's all goopy. Oh yeah, right. Pecan gets really goopy because you, I oh, don't yeah. know it's. I think it's got a lot of sugar syrup or something. I don't know. What is it? Uh, that, it's that dark brown syrup or something they put in it. So anyway, but it's good. So, oh, but, uh, Yeah, we're going to go to the spot restaurant either today or tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I bet a lot of people will be trying to get over there over the next few days to have one more one more meal before you know, they close. nice, Bob, too is that they might have it for banquets or something like that, or maybe for, for you know, people that are going to be inaugurated for some, you know, for the government or something, you know. Maybe they could have it for that. Well, they could. I mean, just special events. Yeah. Yeah, well, they might. I don't know. It's, uh, it's just one of those things that after all these decades to see that it's... Um, not going to be there, but that's like I used to work like, at the nursing home, and we go. I'd go up there every night after work, and we. I'd have either a cup of tea, coffee, or, or maybe if it was a long day or something like that, you know, I, I might have a, oh, a martini, but a vodka and uh, vodka and lemon or something like that, you know, have a couple of glasses and then come home, you know. Yeah. Well, they'll be missed, and we'll see what happens yeah, in the maybe. future. Maybe somebody can come along and resurrect it, or, or maybe oh, there'll yeah. be something new. Uh, have you ever heard of that Pete's Restaurant on Old Vesta Road? Yep. Yeah, I've been there. When I went for physical therapy, we used to stop in there all the time. Yeah, they do good work there. Hey, have a good weekend. That's all the time we have. Folks, thank you so much for listening this week. Have a great weekend. I'll be back here Monday morning. On News Radio, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square.